You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding. What's up? How are you? Really, I want to know how you are. I'm genuinely interested. I'm not just asking. One thing I have said before in the past, I live in London. My name is Alicia, by the way. Just need to say that. And one thing that the Brits love to say is, you're right. And it's not a question. They don't really want to hear the answer. But often I will go, yeah, I am. Thank you. I'm, I'm very well. And they look at you like you are insane, completely verifiably insane. But I am. I am asking genuinely. I hope you are well. And if you aren't, soz, super soz. Hopefully this this episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Q&A Thursday will cheer you up and get you off on the right foot. I mean, some days you just get up and you feel shitty and that is fine. I had a day like that yesterday and I said to Rich, listen, I'm happy I'm alive. I'm very grateful I've got my health, but I don't want to sit on that train in the morning with the angry, sad people. And then I had to do an attitude check because I thought I'm going to be that person. It's cyclic. You see what I'm saying? I needed to just change my attitude up. I listened to some Fleetwood Mac on the tube. And as as Stevie Nicks was crooning at me, crooning's the wrong word, just really giving me some power, I looked around and went, hey, damn you all for being miserable. I'm going to just make a change. And I did. There it is. That's how it is. Hey, I wanted to thank a couple of people for tweeting at me in the week. I have a confession. A couple of weeks ago, I did... A, I was very, very stoked to be asked to be a guest on a program on BBC4 Radio here in the UK called Women's Hour. And it is a prestigious program about women's issues. And gee whiz, when I got that email, I was like, thank you. That's very nice. And I really enjoyed my trip into the BBC and lots of lovely listeners have been tweeting at me. You can listen to the podcast. I will post it in the show notes. Um, but the podcast of that podcast, by the way, not this podcast, so meta. Um, but some of my lovely listeners have been in the UK have tweeted me. Charlie from at, she's at nothing new blog. She says, great to hear you on the BBC Women's Hour show. Love your suggestion about guests using Tinder at the reception. And I just thought I should. People have been favoriting that and retweeting it. And I just thought I should give a bit of an explanation behind that comment. Jane, the lovely host on the Women's Hour, asked me about tips for singles, guests at weddings. And I have a real theory now. As a guest coming to a wedding as a single person... I actually think you should take advantage of technology and download Happen or Tinder. And with both of those devices, listen to me talking like I know what I'm talking about, a married woman. I I get on, I love watching my coworkers do the swipe on Tinder. It's so fucking brutal. It's brutal. I'm so happy I'm not single at the moment. At the moment, like I'm hoping I'm not going to be single ever again, let's be honest. But the thing about Happen, one of these uh, apps, is that you can see the radius in the within the radius that you are sitting in who is single and who is active on that app so i thought that would be great for people at weddings you could just cut some corners and weed out all of the duds you'd know that terry sitting over at table 3 look you can look at his picture you can see he might look good today but that's the photo he chose to use on that app forget it he's out move swipe forget it yes it can be uncomfortable when you swipe no to the person sitting three tables away fine just have a couple of drinks, move on. There, that's a message I'd like you to pass on to any of your single friends that are going to your wedding. Download a dating app. 
cut through the garbage, cut through it. There it is. <laughs> it is a Q&A episode. This is an episode where you write to me with your wedding questions, quandaries, problems, issues, celebrations, anything. It doesn't have to be negative. A lot of the times people write and go, hey, I found this great new thing. Do you want to share the word? And I say, yes. Thank you for doing my job for me. I love hearing from you. I have received lots and lots and lots and lots of emails in the past couple of weeks. It's like someone's just put the word out and suddenly my inbox is chock-a-block. But I always endeavor to get back to you personally. And also, I am very keen to answer as many questions as I can on the show. Just remember, if you are writing to me about something quite specific and personal, which by the way, I love, I'm the biggest nosy parker. I, you know, I'm a storyteller. This is what I do for a living. If you don't know, I work in television. I produce. I tell stories. I make programs. I make content. I love to learn about other people. I love doing interviews and getting into the deep down gritty stuff of what makes people who they are. But if you are writing to me with some sort of personal problem, please do tell me if you don't want me to use your real name, because I often write back and say, are you comfortable with me sharing this on the podcast? And 99% of the time, people will write back and say yes. And other times, someone will just say, no, I just want an answer via email. Please don't put it on the show, which I am totally cool to do. But just let me know, because I would hate to be rocking anyone's boat that they don't want rocked. That's where I stand. So yes, if you are very keen or just say, call me a different name. I've had a couple of moments where I've had to come up and make up names because I don't, making up a name on the spot is actually quite difficult. And then I usually end up picking something a bit hokey. So, you know, if you want me to call you something else, come up with a cool name that you like, maybe it's your other persona. Beyonce, what does she have? Sasha Sasha Fierce. Maybe you can be Sasha Fierce. Or somewhere else. Okay, before I start with the Q&A episode fully, I just wanted to mention something. I'm a great fan of a, well, I would say she's like my online mentor, a lady called Shalene Johnson. You might know her from Beachbody ads. She does, she's a fitness instructor, and that's how I found her. I bought a couple of her exercise programs and thought, oh, this woman rocks. I really enjoy what she does. And then as you do, as you might've done with me, I don't know, maybe you do a bit of a Google and realize there's a whole nother facet to her life and her business. And she runs sort of uh, business development uh, classes, etc., and also has two really motivating podcasts. One is called The Shalene Show, where she talks a lot about health, fitness, motivation, and lifestyle. And the other is called Build Your Tribe, which interests me because I am building my own tribe. You are my tribe. You are my people. If you listen to me, I'm assuming you are planning a wedding. You perhaps find me entertaining on some levels, not always, (laughs) as some people have told me. That sounded like people were dissing, but you know, you're not always going to get my jokes. Who knows? You are probably, I don't know, you might share the same sort of values and attitudes towards life, or you are just morbidly fascinated with the Australian living in London talking about weddings. I don't know. I'd love, as I say, whenever you write to me, I love to hear when you listen and why you listen and how you found me. I think that's fascinating. But Shaleen, with Build Your Tribe, it's it's all about doing just that. It's about helping people like me connect with to people like you. But I promise this has a point. Recently, Shaleen, if you Google her, she has hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers and Twitter followers and Facebook followers. Her accounts were hacked 
And when I read that, I was like, oh, that sucks. That's a problem. That's annoying. And then I listened to a podcast that she did about being hacked and being broken into. Her accounts were broken into. And it really resonated with me as someone that uses social media, as someone who readily gives away, and I use this, I don't use that lightly, information about myself on the internet. Now, Shaleen's business is all about social media and building your profile and running businesses. But when she was hacked, she was violated. I would say her accounts were violated, her email, her banking. And when she spoke about this on her podcast, it really made me think about you out there and how open we are, especially with wedding planning and sharing a lot of personal information via the internet to these sort of attacks. Now, I don't want you to think I'm just saying this because she's got a big account. She's got hundreds of thousands of followers. This is something that is, and as she says in the podcast, and I will link to this because I think it's really worth 20 minutes of your time listening to this. We are all really vulnerable to having our information stolen and having our information misused. And this is not just a financial thing. This is how we manage our online personalities and information. Now we log on to everything via Facebook, yet a lot of us use a Facebook password that is our birth date or our middle name or something. And by doing that, we leave ourselves really open to hackers and people that want to get into our main accounts via these sort of other you know, sub-accounts, other websites that you use to log in and leaves you completely open to people stealing your information. So this podcast and listening to her sort of hellish account of having her whole business shut down because some fuckers are, and it's the only way to say it, they're real fuckos, broke into her account and then leveraged that information to try and get her to pay money to get it all back again, which is disgusting. It really made me think how vulnerable we are now, especially if we don't have password protection and we don't look after our logins and information. After listening to her podcast, I spent a whole day, my day off, <laughs> and you'll know that I, you've listened to the podcast before, you'll realize I really scram a lot into my life, my full-time job and also making the podcast and trying to see my husband occasionally. I spent a whole day rejigging all of my online password protections and figuring out what is where and trying to retool everything because it I really it lit a fire under my ass quite literally. So I just wanted to say to you if you have a moment uh, or especially visit savethedatepodcast.com the show notes for this episode you'll see uh some links to Shaleen's podcast and website which will give you information about how to just get get your shit in gear when it comes to your online records. If you think about it now, how much information we give away readily to shopping websites, Facebook, Twitter, it's really easy for people who want to get into your accounts to do it. And uh, honestly, I was using the same account. I'm quite honest with you here. I was using the same password for about 16 of my internet accounts and... When I think of all the effort and time and and trouble, happy trouble though, I have put into building this community with you, with my Twitter account and my Facebook account and my website, 
to think how open I was potentially to someone coming in and just shitting all over it and taking your information as well, which I am now very secure. Don't worry. It's all there. You know, it really made me realize how vulnerable we are as um, online people to having our information stolen. And it doesn't just happen to people with lots of followers, you know, as Shaleen explains in her podcast. And it's actually really scary how many everyday Joes, Everyday Janes are having their information taken off the internet and then sold to other people who then, you know, can skim accounts and cause you all sorts of shit with your identity. So I just wanted to say it really resonated with me and I felt it resonated so much that I wanted to take this three or four minutes just to say to you, it's really worth a listen and an explore and to implement some of the super easy and, well, free ways that you can protect yourself and make sure it doesn't happen to you. There it is. I'm so happy I got to share that with you. It really, as I said, I really feel passionately about that right now. First, uh, very special. Everyone's special. Do you know like how I say that? Because you are. Thank you. That's my little special moment for you. First email that I would like to share is from Beverly. She says, I am a huge fan of the podcast. I've been listening for a little over a month and I'm quite happy to say as of yesterday, I've caught up on all of your back catalogue. Huzzah! Oh, I love that word. I'm excited to download new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Beverly, you just like you could write ads for me. Thank you for saying that. I enjoyed the Q&A episode, Post Wedding Blues, particularly the comment about integrating customs and cultural traditions in Western weddings. I am very proud of my cultural heritage, and there is a disconnect because I was born in the US and grew up with an American values on top of cultural traditions from parents who immigrated here. My fiancé and I are weaving in cultural traditions into our ceremony, similar to your listener's comment about using red envelopes. Oh, I love that, which I think both of our families will appreciate. However, I hope you can clarify for your listeners to be mindful of incorporating customs into their wedding if they do not have ties to the culture from where it originates. Yes, Beverly, yes. It's great to incorporate traditions with cultural significance, like in cross-cultural marriages, for example, but borrowing elements from culture that is not yours and not your own simply to make your wedding, quote, unique, can cross the line into cultural appropriation. It makes me think of Columbus. I knew I'd say that wrong. <laughs> Columbusing it. Okay, now I I knew what she was talking about when I read this, but I need to share this before I end up, you know, confusing everyone, before I end Beverly's email. Columbusing is a, well, look, I'm going to play you a clip. This is from College Humor. He's just, I'm setting the scene. It's two guys in a bar. One guy's a black guy, one guy's a white guy, and just listen. People have been here before you, so you didn't discover it. Oh, yes, sorry. Uh, I didn't discover it. Right, right. I Columbus did. You what? I Columbus did. I discovered it for white people. You can't discover someplace that people have already been to first. Uh, yes, I can. That's exactly what Columbus did. Columbus, Columbus, America, and I Columbus this bar. Oh, hey, guys, what's up? Yo. Hey. Uh, who? Who are they? White people. I told everyone I know about this cool new bar. <laughs> Dude, this place is You not- get the picture? 
I think you get the picture. I really like, I thought that was a very easy way to describe it. Um, Beverly also says, I read a great article in Offbeat Bride about this topic that your listeners could refer to. I'm going to link to that because I agree it's, it's perfect and it completely sums up what Beverly's saying. She says, by the way, I haven't heard any of your Australianisms in a while. It's such a fun part of the show and it showcases your culture. I look forward to hearing more about cultural elements and Aussie vocab in future episodes. Keep up the fantastic work. Best Beverly. Now, Beverly, I love a request. So that segment, it's coming back later in the show just for you. I thank you for, I really enjoy making that segment, but I didn't know if it was giving people the shits or not. That's very Australian. What I'm just saying right now, give you the shits. Uh, so I will bring it back. I've got quite a few up my sleeve. Also, I just want to go back to Beverly's comments. It was a great email to read because I totally agree with everything you're saying, Beverly. And I'm the first to admit I am cultureless. I'm culture free. In Australia, a lot of uh, the white Australians certainly have uh, a background in convict land. My family, I have my great, great, great grandmother was a convict. They came on the ship. They were shipped from the UK. Generally, a majority of convicts were shipped over for stealing minor things, a handkerchief, some bread. But saying that, really, with culture, I generally attach that to religion and I attach that to, uh, obviously, the country or the ethnicity and that you share with your family. And I feel as a white person, it's, I really am lacking in that area. So when I read about all these wonderful cultures, I can see exactly what you're saying, Beverly, that some just white bread white people, respect to you, my lovelies, but you know, we don't necessarily have as many fun, amazing things to connect with. And I can see how whiteies sometimes go, oh, I'll have that, which is not really culturally that sensitive. And again, so that's what uh, Beverly was referring to as basically cultural appropriation and that's that's the idea that you are connected in not connected in some way to a piece of 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 culture or tradition that you've sort of decided that you would like to incorporate into your wedding now that's not saying you can't be mindful of taking color or taking a, a a vibe or a theme but it's like not making it disneyland the listener I'm sure you remember that I was referring to and Beverly referred to was an Asian bride marrying a Western man and she wanted to use the red envelopes or envelopes in her wedding to ask for a for money. And that's a tradition. That's what they use. Uh, she's from China. Her background's from China. And that's how they ask for gifts in their culture. And I think it's perfectly acceptable because of her heritage. And I also believe it's certainly not wrong if your partner is has a different cultural background or religion or tradition or ethnicity. Of course, the wonderful thing about planning a wedding is being able to mold and meld all of those wonderful traditions into something that represents you as a couple. So certainly I'm not saying that you can't take inspiration from a multitude of religions and family members that all come together and um, celebrate that that part of of your love and and the culture and the background and the families coming together really to me it's about being respectful if you're just doing it because it looks good and it doesn't have any real meaning to you then it just makes you look like a bit of a jerk just quietly you want to have something that actually has real um reason to be 
a real reason to have it done. For example, I did a lovely interview with Karen from Smashing the Glass. She writes a Jewish wedding blog. And she says a lot of people in the Jewish culture are not necessarily religious, but it is very important for many of the brides and grooms that she features on her blog to take certain aspects of Judaism and use them on their wedding day. Some people go for a completely kosher wedding. Is that appropriate? Like I just said, who knows? You're not offended. You know, go for all out. Do the full tradition, traditional sort of ceremony, service, uh, reception, all that sort of stuff exactly how they would have done it 200 years ago. But some people say, I want to pick and choose. Again, that's completely up to you. And if you understand the meaning behind it and you want to uh, focus on that ritual and to have that appreciation of something, as long as you're not doing it just because it looks or feels cool, then I think you're on the right track. Trust your gut. Talk to your parents. Talk to people that are involved in your community about what is culturally appropriate. And, you know, you just don't want something that, as I said, I use the term Disneyland. It's something that sort of is a facade of some sort of cultural significance, but you don't really understand the value in it and you just like the way it looks, then I would probably avoid, avoid, avoid. So Beverly, thank you so much for that. Now, as promised, here's a little bit of Australianisms. Alicia's from Australia, the land down under with kangaroos, koalas, and weird phrases that no one else understands. Sometimes I just nod along to make her feel better. So each week, we thought we'd take a moment to translate some Australianisms. Today's word is struth. Oh, we love this one, struth and crikey. Really, it's we love expressing ourselves when we're surprised or shocked. Now, struth actually comes from, uh, it's a British slang. I will say it's from the mother country, which comes from the term God's truth, struth, God's truth. But we've just become really slack in Australia and we shortened it. So it's like bloody hell or geez, or in America, you might go, holy cow, holy cow, more Canadian there. It's an expression of surprise or disgust or amazement. Or all three in one. We love, we love getting up in arms about things, us Aussies. So it might be, oh, Struth, you just had a bloody, you bloody scared the hell out of me. Um, that's like my dad. I've just basically done a Dave McCormack expression. I also love crikey. It's one I use all the time in the office when I can't go, oh, fucking hell. I'll say crikey. And it sort of sounds lovable and a bit silly, but you know, it gets me by. So that's it. Struth. People in England will know it as well. Uh, it's one of my favorites. If you have seen the, <laughs> if you are a fan, and I know a lot of people in the UK are a fan of the drama. Is it a drama? It's more of a soap. Home and Away. It's an Australian soap set on a beach and there is a lovely man. Well, he's an angry, grumpy man, but he's been he's been on the show for over 20 years called Alf Stewart. That's the character's name. And he does the most amazing Australian colloquialisms you've ever seen. In most scenes, he's done. He's always bloody, struth and this and that. And he's wonderful. And I actually tried to find some YouTube clips um, to play into this segment, but they've banned them all. Channel 7. I can't upload them. So he was going to be my my... You know, I was going to show you how he sounds. So I've had to do the voices, which aren't as effective. There it is. So thank you. Thank you very much for asking me to continue my Australianisms. I shall be doing a couple more 
I have been actually taking the microphone to my office where I'm currently working at a TV channel here in the UK. I shan't name who they are, but asking my coworkers because I do come out with things and they don't really understand. So when that happens, I go, whoa, 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 pause conversation. And then I pull out the microphone and then make them react to it. So you'll be hearing that as well in the upcoming weeks. Stroth, what a show. That's it. Very Australian. So let me end this wonderful episode. I'm already deeming it wonderful. I've decided it is by saying a very big thank you to all the people that have subscribed to the Save the Date newsletter. Newsletter makes it sound really daggy. There's an Australian word, a bit naff, a bit meh. I promise you, I'm not going to be sending you a thousand emails. I write one email on Sunday. It's often about what's coming up in the podcast and... Also, if there's stuff that I have been sent, like discount links and bits and pieces that I haven't shared on social media, I include that in the newsletter as well. So if you are downloading the guide to getting hitched, you will be automatically added to the newsletter. I hope that's okay. If not, just say unsubscribe. I'm not going to get sad. I mean, I'll be sad for a moment. I'm going to be honest with you. But then you have to go on and live your life. We both have to. We've got to both move on. So if you don't want to receive the newsletter, but you do want the book, fine, do it, jump in, download. Now, remember, if you want to download the book and you haven't already, it's 155 pages of wedding planning goodness or goodness that I wrote myself. Um, the Guide to Getting Hitched is is sold in Amazon. It's sold in the shops in a hardcover sort of situation, but I've decided I would rather more people read it, so I'm giving it to you for free. And I appreciate your time that you take to listen to the show, and what a gift I can give to you is the gift of books and words. Send me your questions, savethedatepodcast.com. Hit me up via the little connect button there. Send the questions through. I love receiving them. If you are a wedding vendor and you've got something coming up that you might like me to attend, maybe you've got a wedding fair. Remember I, I did the Etsy wedding fair a few weeks ago and I took my microphone along. I like going and visiting people and learning and meeting new people. So get in touch as well. Don't be shy. We're all friends. Until next week, actually really excited, Monday's episode, I am speaking Oh, well, this is a really, this is a crackerjack. This is a must not miss. I'm talking all about your legal rights when it comes to weddings. Now, I'm not talking about your legal rights getting married. I'm talking about how you cover your ass when it comes to the situation of handing money to a vendor and making sure you get what you pay for. I have a very special guest. Her name is Christy Asselin. She is an attorney. She runs yourweddinglawyer.com. She's an expert in all things wedding law and She's answering, well, she's giving us five very important, look in that, these are the cops now. Can you hear that? I'm not going to edit it out because that is London. Can you hear that? This is like all the time. Something's going down, but it's not. In Australia, when I just want to say just quietly, wow, they're really going crazy. In Australia, if you heard sirens like that, shit would be going down. But in London, that's normal. It happens all the time. Thank you. Gosh, I need to get a padded room. I really do. She runs yourweddinglawyer.com. She's an attorney who deals with very specific but also quite general 
complaints when it comes to weddings. It's a fascinating episode. I've really enjoyed recording and speaking with her and I think there's lots you can learn when it comes to just making sure you are covering yourself when it comes to your wedding planning and that if anything goes wrong, you can fix it. So until then, I'm going to go rub a neck out the window, see what all those sirens are for. Until Monday, I will see you, wish you luck in all your wedding planning. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.